Thanks for joining us at Warehouse Church. We would love for you to stay connected, and a great way for you to do that is to simply subscribe to this podcast. You can also stay connected throughout the week by checking out our website, warehousechurch.com, or by visiting our Facebook or Instagram pages. From wherever you are listening, we hope that you are encouraged by this week's message. I'm glad to see you today. I saw some folks today. I'm so glad to see you. I am so, I'm so encouraged today uh, just by walking around and saying hi. I'm sorry I didn't participate that much in the worship, but every time I turned around, I wanted to say hi to somebody. So we're glad that you're here. Happy 4th of July. Isn't it wonderful to live in the United States of America? Isn't it wonderful? <clears throat> not perfect, and it's not heaven, but it sure is a great place to live right now, right? Come on now, amen? Amen. Hey, uh, we're starting a new series today called Summer Playlist. And the reason, and every week we're going to do a different song. And I am with fear and trepidation wondering what song Johnny's going to do when he speaks. Um, he, he promised me it would not be Eminem or somebody we couldn't use in church. I'm throwing him under the bus already. Two more times. He says I throw him under the bus three times during church. That's the first time, okay? But uh, I want to tell you a little memory I have with that song. A few years ago, we were doing a summer camp uh, in England, and we were actually walking through uh, a public park right near Buckingham Palace, and somebody had a radio on their phone and was playing it through a Bluetooth or something, and Saturday in the park came on while we were walking through a park in England on a Saturday. And it was a great summer memory. I'll never forget that. But anyway, um, what we're going to be talking about this month is kind of God's playlist for you. What, what do you think God expects from all of us, especially during the summer? I'm going to read a really great passage of Scripture for you out of Matthew chapter 25, uh, verse number 14. God's inspired word says this. <clears throat> he's, he's, he's giving a story. This is actually a really super deep part of the book of Matthew. It's called... It's a sermon that Jesus spoke called the Olivet Discourse. You get 25 cents after church if you remember that, okay? But um, this, this part of the message here that Jesus is sharing is called the parable of the bags of gold, or the parable of the talents. It says, again, it will be like a man going on a journey who called his servants and entrusted his wealth to them. To one he gave five bags of gold, to another two bags, to another one bag, each according to his ability, then he went on his journey. The man who had received five bags of gold went at once to put his money to the work and gain five bags more. So also the one with two bags of gold gained two bags more. But the man who had received one bag went off, dug a hole in the ground, and hid his master's money. After a long time, the master of those servants returned, settled the accounts with them. The man who had received five bags of gold brought the other five. Master, he said, you've entrusted me with five bags of gold. See, I've gained five more. His master replied, well done, you good and faithful servant. You've been faithful with a few things. I'm going to put you in charge over many things. Come and share your master's happiness. The man with the two bags of gold also said, master, you gave me two bags of gold. And see, I've gained two more. His master replied, well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful with a few things. I will put you in charge of many things. Come and share your master's happiness. Then the man who had received one bag of gold came. He said, master, I knew that you were a hard man harvesting where you have not sown, gathering where you have not scattered seed. So I was afraid, and I went out and hid your gold in the ground. So here it is. This is what belongs to you. And the master replied, you wicked, lazy servant. 
So you knew that I, that, that I harvest where I have not sown and gather where I have not scattered seed. Well then, you should have put my money on deposit with the bankers so that when I returned, I would have, released, uh, I would have received it back with interest. So take the bag of gold from him, give it to the one with ten bags, for whoever has been given more, they will have an abundance. Whoever does not have, even what they have, uh, will be taken from them and thrown that, and, and throw that worthless servant outside into the darkness where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Um, this message is not about giving today, although this passage is used a lot when, uh, when, when you learn lessons on tithing and giving. And I'm not going to talk about that today. Don't say amen. It'll make me sad, okay? But I want to talk to you about how to stay here when you're away, how to stay connected. I had a uh, a friend of mine, member of our church, came up to me just a few weeks ago. He went away on vacation. He said, Pastor, I really need to talk to you. I really need to talk to you. I think he's listening this morning, too, because the, uh, his family went away this weekend. So I'm telling you the story without permission. And if he's watching today, then text me after church. If you don't text me after church, I'll know you weren't watching. I'm kind of Jesus juking you a little bit, okay? But um, he said to me, you know what? I've been gone a couple weeks, and I really feel disconnected. I really feel disconnected. And that really, that statement kind of resonated with me a little bit. And thinking about, you, you, thinking about what do we do when we go away, take vacations, do, do some of the things that, that life uh, affords us to do sometimes. You know, my wife and I went on vacation a couple weeks ago uh, with our kids. We went to South Carolina, and uh, it was really a working vacation for us. This is kind of the one that we sponsored for them. And then next week, Kim and I are going to go and do something with ourselves. And that's what Johnny's going to speak, and I want you to come. He's going to do a great job, and I know God's going to bless uh, his, his, his efforts in his study this week, and you'll be very encouraged, and you might even be a little tired after church because he's like a DEFCON 7 energy level, you know. But he's a great preacher, and I know he, he's going to really be an encouragement to you. But I was thinking about... <clears throat> When we go away, right, it's so good to disconnect. Isn't it great to disconnect from work and the daily chores and your bills and the mailbox and just stuff that's going around and you just kind of, and you know what? I think there is uh, something very cathartic, very healthy about spending time away. We are very, very blessed. Kim and I, I'm going to tell you this, and, and I'm, I, I'm sharing this humbly with you. Uh, because of the generosity of, of some folks that we're close with and this ministry called Convoy of Hope, we're going to Hawaii. And um, this ministry, Convoy of Hope, they, they invited about 40 pastors to come. We're actually going to have dinner with Andy Stanley, big famous pastor from, from uh, Georgia. And we're going to suffer through a few days in Hawaii while we're at this conference. We're going to figure out something to do. I don't know what we're going to do yet. But we may walk on the beach or Saturday in the park or whatever we're going to do. But I know this, that, that it's, it's going to be very healthy for our marriage, uh, for us to spend some time away. It's going to be very healthy for us to just kind of defrag a little bit. And you know what I've noticed? I was reading something this week about how many people are taking vacations this summer because of the last year and a half without vacations for a lot of people. Like, it is unbelievable. Uh, I was reading something this morning about Nevada. Nevada, there's a big, up, there's a big uptick in the COVID stuff because Nevada's experiencing its largest amount of tourists in years because people just want to get away. Let me ask you a question. How many of you feel the need to get away? Raise your hand up in the air like you just don't care. How many of you need to take a cruise? I'm just asking the people in the front row, okay? 
our cruise cult that's in the front row here. But I, I, I want to get back to this passage of Scripture, then we're going to b- really bring some neat personal application to, you, to, to this this morning. Uh, the first question I want to ask you is this. What does God require of me? When you read through this story, you see God gave three different people three different amounts of money, but he expected the same thing. He expected some fruitfulness. He expected some increase. He expected them to be faithful with what they gave him. And I'm going to ask you two questions. What has God given you, and what does God require of you? Now, I told you I'm not going to talk about giving in this whole message. Maybe a sub-point in a few minutes, okay? But I'm talking about what God has given you. What has God given you in your life? He's given you breath. He's given you today. Amen? He's given us a day that we can worship him, and you are found faithful, whether you're with us here in the auditorium or watching online. You're, you're, you're participating in a worship service today. But what has God given you that he's required you to be faithful of So the question is, what does God require of me? I think that's a great reflective question for all of us to ask ourselves. You know, when the Lord's doing something in your heart, whether it's in serving, maybe it is in giving. Maybe it's to tell a friend that you know that needs Jesus. Listen, it may be to pray for a friend that needs to be prayed for. It may be to be an encouragement to somebody that's going through a hard time. But I want to promise you something. As a child of God, God does require things of you. He requires you to be faithful. He requires you to love God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength and love your neighbor as yourself. He requires you to be a faithful steward. All these different things that we, that we kind of have a knowledge of, but here's what happens. Sometimes when we check out because we're going away and there's nothing wrong with that, we kind of check out from serving the Lord or anything. right? We just kind of like, you know what, now's my time to be away from all of it. You know, church, family, dun 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 dun. And listen, I'm telling you, I am not somebody that's against vacation. I love taking vacation, especially when it's with my wife. But, and it's only with my wife, I, I promise you that. But the question is that we all have to ask ourselves whether we are, I love the verse out of 1 Corinthians 10 31. It says, whether therefore you eat or drink, right? And then it says this, or whatever you do, do all to the glory of God. So we don't take time off from our relationship and our daily walk with the Lord Jesus Christ. That's the principle that that I'm trying to convey to you this morning. But I want to encourage you this week, maybe spend some time with the Lord and ask God this question. God, what is it that you require of me? Is Is it serving? Is it inviting people to church? Is it my... Uh, my stewardship, what area of your life do you know that God's called you to serve it? Maybe you need to be helping out with the students. Maybe you need to be helping out with the kids. We had a great VBS this week. All kind of adults came out and helped out. Big, big shout out to everybody that ministered to our kids. We had kids saved this week, and ministry happened every single day on this campus this week. And we're blessed for that. Come on, let's give them a big hand today. And that might not be your thing. Like, I know sometimes when... When we, do a, uh, when we do a message or, or some kind of uh, big push for serving in the church, you'll see sometimes we'll do a thing where we'll put different stations out there, and it'll say, you know, serving in the nursery. And I know most people kind of go like this, walking around the nursery station a little bit, you know. Oh, I'm not going to do the nursery. I'm not into changing poopy diapers, right? But whatever it is, the question is, what does God require of me? What do you think God requires of you in your service to him? What do you think God requires of you in your daily relationship with him? Here's number two. Am I executing God's plan or my plan? And here's what it means. Do I have a plan that I'm adding God to or am I all in with my walk with God? You know, a lot of times we do what we do and then we ask God to bless it. 
I'm going to do this, I'm going to go there, I'm going to do this, I'm going to, I'm going to pursue this, I'm going, to, I'm going to buy this, I'm going to do this, I'm going to do this, I'm going to do this. And then we say, hey, God, I hope you'll bless what I'm, what, I'm, what I'm trying to accomplish with my life. Instead of saying, you know what, God, I want you to direct my paths. Doesn't the Bible say that? In all your ways acknowledge him and he will trust the Lord with all your heart. Lean not unto your own understanding. And in all your ways acknowledge him and he'll direct your paths. There's a verse about that in Psalm 119 that has to do with, has to do with staying away from sin. Um, not only does it say in Psalm 119.11, Thy word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against God. He talks about how thy word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. It's a lamp to my feet because God wants us to depend on him with every single step we take in our life. Now, light to my path means he wants us not only every single step, but also to keep in mind with the big picture, right? With where I'm going with my life, with the things that I'm pursuing, whether it's professionally, whether it's with your family, and especially when it's your walk with the Lord. Is God first in your life, or are you adding him to the agenda that you already have? The third question is this. Every season, our goal, every season, whether it's Christmas season, whether it's um, the fall or the spring, the fall or the spring is a myth here in Texas. It's something that happens in different parts of the country, right? Although yesterday felt like October. Wasn't yesterday a nice day? Hasn't been 100 yet. Please, Lord Jesus, right? But every season of our life, whether it's the four seasons, whether it's the I'm in my 20s, I'm in my 30s, I'm in my 40s or beyond, or I'm a teenager, every season of our life, what we ought to be pursuing is hearing from God, well done. Well done. You did good. You were faithful in that area that I called you to be faithful in. So how can we, in practical application, stay faithful during the summer months and when we're taking vacations? Here's the first thing. Don't take a break from God. Don't take a break from God. Just because you're out of town doesn't mean you shut off the Jesus thing and you go do, you know, you're going to kind of do whatever you're going to do. Make sure you're still, you know, first thing is read the Word of God systematically through the summer. Find a good reading program. Whether it's on version, which I am a huge, huge, huge fan of, I read through my Bible every single day on version. My wife listens to it on version. We're in the same reading program together, and we are connected with that, like, like friends on Facebook, sort of, because we are keeping each other accountable to read our Bible. Now, there's days that we miss, and you've got to read two days' worth. And I want to tell you something. If you're in a Bible reading program and you miss a day, God's not mad at you, Okay? God doesn't need you to read his word. You need to read his word. You need that with your walk with him. I know sometimes, I remember when I was a younger man, first starting in the ministry, and we were not, we were so, and I guess I'm supposed to say this now because the age I'm at, we were so stinking poor when we first started ministry. We were making $24,000 a year with four kids, and I had to pay all my own Social Security. So I was kind of making about, $21,000, $22,000 $21,000, a year. And my rent was $900 a month. So we loved us some Raymond Pride noodles back in that day. They were just the bomb. We went, to, we went to McDonald's on Wednesday when they had two hamburgers for a dollar. I would take my whole family in, $5 bill. We need 10 cheeseburgers, sir. Here's your five bucks. We would even bring our own bag of chips and I'd eat the McDonald's french fries, right? But I remember it was tight and we were like, day, we, you know, we were living a day at a time, and it was tough, and it was, it was an adjustment for us coming from the life that I, uh, that I grew up in. And I remember there were times 
that I, I just, I, I came to church and I felt so bad because I didn't have my offering with me. And I, that whole day I was like, man, God is going to be so stinking mad at me. I, God's not mad at you when that stuff happens. The reason he wants you to do it is because he wants to bless you. He wants to bless you. And he wants to do things in your life that are beyond your expectation level. So when I kind of got it in my mind that, because you, you know how I felt my whole life growing up in a pretty strict Christian environment that I grew up in? I thought that God was mad at me all of the time. Has anybody ever felt that way, that God's mad at you, right? For something you said or something you did or something you didn't say or something you didn't do? And I, and I believe for years and years and years and years that God was just up in heaven all the time going, oh, and trinkle, you know? A little bit narcissistic, right? But to think that the, our, our Father in heaven is, is mad at us all the time, that's not, that's not what the Word of God says. God is not mad at us. God's mad about you. And God wants to do things in your life that are beyond your even capability of understanding. And yes, God wants us to obey him. And when we don't obey him, there's, there's consequences in the flesh. There's consequences uh, if we don't make those things right with him. But I promise you this, that when you are reading your Bible through systematically, if you miss a day or if you miss a week with this, or if you, that, that stuff happens. God knows we're human. He knows we can't be perfect. But if we're pursuing him on a daily basis, spending time with him on a daily basis, acknowledging him on a daily basis and not saying to God, hey God, I'm kind of done with you for about two weeks because I'm going on vacation, where that part of your life stays consistent on a daily basis, I promise you, not because of who I am, but because the word of God says, he will bless you. Read the word of God systematically this summer. Here's something else. Read something that will encourage your walk and growth with him. A good devotion book, a good uh, Christian help book, you don't need to be reading 50 Shades of Grey series this summer, okay? From what I've been told, and I know that's a couple, that's a little bit dated. Read something that's going to be an encouragement to you and an encouragement with your walk with the Lord. Hey, church, can I tell you something? I need that. We all need that. We need to be reminded of, of, of different disciplines we need to have in our life. We need to be, you want to read something that's not too heavy not, and, and not, that's going to mess you up a little bit? Read a good Max Licato book. Read a book by Andy Stanley. Uh, read a book by Charles Swindoll. There are some, if you need a book recommendation, I've got some great, great books that I've been reading this year that I would happily recommend to you. But get a good book. Take it on vacation with you. Read it whenever you're sitting down doing your vacation-y stuff, okay? You will really be encouraged by that. Here's the third thing. Don't take a break from God. Pray and thank God for the opportunity to spend time away with your family. That is a gift. You know the book of James says that every good gift and perfect gift comes from God? Like everything that's good about your life is directly a blessing from God. It really is. And God, and God doesn't want you to go away and say, oh, Pastor Red knows we're away this week. Or God, uh, yeah, I know, i got to watch church now because, you know, that's not what it's about. It's about you staying connected to him. It's about God knowing that you care about the things that have to do with your walk with him. And when you pray and thank God, you know what's amazing? If you spend some time in your prayer life daily thanking God for the blessings that are in your life, you will see that that discipline that's in your life expand all the time because you'll start to realize how good God is to you. And listen, every single one of us have gone through trials and burdens. and had, it's, it's been a tough year, tough year and a half for a lot of people. A lot of people carrying burdens that are in the room today. 
family stuff, personal stuff, financial stuff. But I want to promise you something. Take those, God wants you to cast all your cares upon him because he cares for you. But you know that even when you're walking through the valley of the shadow of death, you can still see how good God is. I had a brother this week sending me a prayer request of a, of a young man that works in a church in Fort Worth. And his son, I believe, drowned this week. Was in the hospital for a couple days and then passed away. And the maturity from that young man who lost a child this week, how good God is, how good the Father is, how blessed we are. In the same email, talking about his son no longer being with us. That, that's a maturity that I want in my life, but I don't want that burden to be required of me. You know what I'm saying? And some of you have experienced stuff like that. Some of you have. But I know this. When the Bible says, in everything, give thanks, I know right now, right now, if you tried hard enough, you could identify something in your life that you're thankful for. Right? We can be thankful for being able to worship the Lord today. We can be thankful for the people we're sitting next to and hanging out with. We can be thankful for the health that we have today. Because the only thing we're promised is today. This is it. This is the only day we have to serve, to give, and to be faithful is today. And pray. I want to encourage you. Spend some time thanking God for his goodness in your life this week. Here's number two. Part of your, part, not all, but part of your walk with the Lord really does have to do with your church. And I want to encourage you, church, stay connected to your church family this summer. Whether it's live, coming to church if you're in town, or online, just checking in so you could say hi to people. I want to tell you something. It makes a difference in your life knowing that somebody is recognizing you or that you're recognizing somebody else or that you care about them. And we need this. Listen, God made us with the need for community. God made us to need each other. There are some people. Listen, I went and said hi to two of the sweetest, sweetest, beautiful ladies that are sitting right up here in one, two, third, fourth row. All of you ladies are pretty. But my, but my dear friend, Carol and Betty, this is their first time in church in almost a year and a half because of all the COVID stuff. And I, I'm walking around saying hi to people. My, and I saw them, and I was like, I, I think Cheryl said, look who's here today. And my eyes, I ran over and was hugging on them. And I said, man, you two look so pretty today. I'm so glad to see you. We're so glad you're here. You're such an encouragement to me. That was an encouragement to me today that they're here in the house of God. And you know what? You are an encouragement to somebody else that's here. Somebody in this room is glad you're here. Somebody in this room might be mad at you, but there's other people that are glad you're here. I promise you that. Don't take a break from God. Stay connected to your church family, live or online. Share and stay connected. And here's something else. Stay in touch with your group or your people. Okay? Stay in touch with your group. Um, we have a really, really neat, growing um, life group ministry in our church right now. And we've got like a little revival happening in our ladies' ministry on Thursday nights. Right, right in this room right here. Uh, Aaron Williams is leading that, and we have other ladies in the, the room that are, that are a part of that every single week, and that's growing and growing, and ladies' lives are being changed, and it's been an encouragement uh, to the ladies of our church, and ladies in the community who haven't started coming to our church yet, but they're going to, because people, listen, because there's community that's showing care for one another, right? I have community in my life. I have my, 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 my staff that, that I work with. 
I have my board that, that, that communicates with me all the time. I have different people that I have lunch with and connect with all the time that are my friends. And you know why I do that? Because I need that. I need an attaboy every once in a while. I need somebody to say, hey, Ed, I'm praying for you. I'm praying for your family. Or just to put their arm around me and say, hey, I love you. A uh, couple weeks ago, uh, my buddy was going on vacation, and he went away. He said, Pastor Ed, I'm going on vacation. I'm not going to be going long, but I want you to know I love you, and I'm praying for you today. I had something weird happen that day, and that was an encouragement like you wouldn't even believe in my life that day, Dakota. It was. God used you to bless me. And God wants to use you to bless somebody else. That's what community's about. And God wants you to be a part. Whether it's our ladies on Thursday nights, we have a men's breakfast network. It's going to happen next Saturday at the original pancake house over in Plano. You can go to that and meet some other guys. Guys that aren't going to our church, guys that are going to our church. Just to be an encouragement to other people. And all throughout the week, we have groups that meet. You say, well, I don't know about these groups. Go see my super tall son-in-law, Nick, after church. And he will get, he's almost as tall as me, but he looks taller because he's skinnier. But he's got a baseball hat on, a USA t-shirt, one of the cutest little babies in the world to be carrying with him after church today. He will help you get connected to a good group that will be a, listen church, it'll be a lifeline. And when you go away, tell your people in your group you're praying for them. Text them, see how they're doing. There may be somebody in this room that needs somebody else to be an encouragement to them. And I hope that you'll consider being that for them. Stay in touch with your people. And I said I'm going to do it for a second, so let's do a 10-second countdown. Be faithful in your giving this summer. Listen, we, we, we need, we, all of us collectively, need to be faithful in this area because whether you're here or away, this keeps going. This keeps going. Uh, I'll tell you something I did a couple years ago, and it's revolutionary in my life. I did, I, I get my uh, tithes and offerings payroll deducted. My boss, Marianne Stewart, who's on vacation watching today, I hope, and if she's not, okay, but... I have that payroll deducted because for me, I wanted the very first thing. Before the IRS gets their humongous chunk out of my paycheck, I wanted to make sure that the church was got the Lord's work. This local assembly was, was, was getting what I'm required to do, and that's to be faithful in my giving. I can't tell you to give if I'm not giving because that would be hypocritical, wouldn't it? And that's something that God has, and God has blessed us crazy when we've given, when we've given sacrificially at times, but we give consistently every single time that we receive a check. And listen, I do that because I want to thank the Lord and I want to thank you because it's because of your faithfulness that we have a living, and not just for that, but more importantly, that we have a ministry that's reaching people with the gospel of Jesus Christ here in Plano, Texas, and all over the world. And you can be a part of that. Listen, do that online. You could give online consistently. You could do your text giving. You can mail it in however you want to do it, but make sure, listen, God is requiring all of us to be faithful. Give me three more people amen to me on that, amen. right? God's requiring us to be faithful, and, you got, and it takes time. You got to figure it out. I had the best thing. Boy, it was the sweetest, sweetest thing. A young man came into my office a couple years ago. He said, Pastor, I want to start giving, but I have zero, zero, zero margin in my finances. I just can't do it. I got my house payment, my car payment, my credit cards, all this stuff. I've got like $7 left at the end of the month. I said, dude, let me tell you something. Start somewhere. I said, why don't you start by giving 1%? He said, and, and he, he went over all his numbers with me. I never asked people this stuff, but he did. And we were going through it. He says, you know what? I can do 1%. 
And then about a month later, he came and he says, you know what? I paid a couple things off. I'm going to move up to 2%. I said, you go, dude. Crush it. But about a month later, he said, Pastor, guess what? I moved up to 5% this week. Gave him a high five. Must celebrating with God. He said, man, God's just doing stuff in my life. It just seems like things are working out better because that's become, this is what he said, because that's becoming a priority in my life. I said, God's going to bless you, dude. You just wait and see. He even says in Malachi, you test me. You test me. It's like you're saying to God, God, I dare you to bless me for my faithfulness. That's what the book of Malachi says about your giving. And about two months later, he came up. He said, Pastor, I've been away. Haven't been able to talk to you. I, I got to talk to you about something. And I was like, oh, he kind of went back a little bit. But it's all good, man, because it's just a day-by-day step in all of our lives. He said, Pastor, I went up to 10% this week. And let me tell you what happened. This happened, and this happened, and this happened. And we said, let me tell you something today. God is alive. And he is blessing me. I, and, you know, I wanted to be encouraging, but at the same time, you know, realistic. I said, hey, welcome to, the, welcome to the world of minimal obedience. He said, what do you mean? I said, you just hit the tithe. He says, what do you mean? I said, now guess what's going to happen in your life? You're going to start understanding what generosity is as this area in your life grows. He says, can you just let me get used to 10% for a while first? I said, listen, I'm not saying that so that you, I want God to do, I want to celebrate with you what God's doing in your life. And I promise you, those of you that, I, I, I see people write that as a, uh, as a uh, those of you that know, know, like as something like on Facebook or Instagram, it's all in the first letters. If you know, you know. How does that go? I, what's the letters? You just lost in Scrabble. Okay. <laughs> But it stands for it, I, if you know, you know. The first letters of all those words with pictures and different things that people say. I'm going to tell you something. If everything I'm saying about giving you know about, if you know, you know. You know. You know that God's been faithful. You know that God has blessed you crazy. You know that you could give a testimony of what God has done in your life because of your faithfulness. And who do we want that for? We want that for you. We want that for you. I'm done talking about giving. Say amen. Okay. Stay connected to the fam. Here's number three. When you're away, go to another church. I'm, now, I told you I was going to Hawaii, and, and I know there's very little sympathy coming my way because I'm going to Hawaii next week. I know that. But I'm going to get up at 5 in the morning to watch Johnny speak because I know God's putting something on his heart, and it's been exciting talking about it and helping him form that out a little bit. But I'm going to get up because I'm going to say hi to you. I'm going to say hi to people that are watching online. And I'm going to watch church at five. I think it's seven hours difference. I'm, I'm not really sure. But anyway, it's four or five in the morning. We're going to get up and we're going to watch church. But you know what I'm going to do at 10 o'clock? There's another church that we've spotted out that's not too far from where we're staying. We're going to go to that church. And be in, you know what we're going to do? We're going to hear other songs that we sing. We're going to hear a great message. And you know what I get to do for like the first time in almost a year? Sit next to my wife in church. I'm going to put my arm around her unless the air conditioner's not good. I'm going to do what you do during church. I'm going to text her, where do you want to eat lunch today? You know what I mean? I'm looking at you version, Pastor Ed. Where are we going to have lunch today? I know that happens. I guarantee you. It's all good. But go to another church when you're away. And if you see something really cool, a bulletin, an envelope, a card, something they're giving away that's really awesome, grab it and bring it back to us so that we can learn how to be a better church as well. But you'll be encouraged to be around other believers. And I'm going to tell you something, mom and dad especially, mom and dad especially, if your kids see that that's a priority in your life, it'll be a priority in their life when they grow up. It absolutely will. Here's number four. Invite people to church when you are home. You know what I'm proud to tell you this morning? 
we have a bunch of first-time visitors in our church service today. Let's make them feel welcome, church. We are thankful that you're here. We are thankful for some of you, for all of you, for those of you that are here because you were invited by somebody else, we applaud that. You can invite, listen, this is a great opportunity this summer. We're not checking out and stopping trying to reach people with the gospel of Jesus Christ this summer. We don't have it in our, our mind. Let's coast through the summer and do something really big and evangelistic uh, in September or August or whenever people go back to school, right? We want to we want to see people saved this summer. We've got a big baptism bash that we're planning for the end of the summer. We have five teenagers that accepted Christ to Savior camp. We have a, a handful of kids that accepted Christ to Savior during VBS. We have some adults in here that have never been uh, baptized before, and we're going to have a big time over at the Plano Aquatic Center, whatever it's called, and we're going to have a blast seeing other people get baptized and looking at all your church family in bathing suits. It's a lot of fun, okay? But we're going to have a good time doing that because we're not stopping what we're doing this summer. This church is here to lead others to become devoted followers of Jesus Christ. We are here to build lives, strengthen families, and deliver hope. And that ministry does not stop just because it's summertime. Number four, invite people to come to church when you're home. Number five, this is the last one. Keep God first in your life in your family's life, and in everything you do this summer. Keep him first. Keep him first. When I go back to this passage of Scripture, I've had to wrestle with this passage a little bit in my life. Because the first thing you read about it is, if you're humanly thinking, God treated three people differently, that's not fair. Like, that's the first my first impression of that passage of Scripture. Why did God give that guy 10, that guy 5, and this guy 1, right? And we do that. Don't we, don't we compare blessings sometimes to other people? Why does that guy got, got that, that's, why, why does she have that? Why does their, fa- why does, you know, and we get jealous of that sometimes. So when we look at this story of the parable of the talents, we're like, why did God give him more than me? That just doesn't seem fair. That was my first impression of this passage of Scripture. Here's my second impression from a human standpoint. Why did the guy that protected the one bag of gold get in trouble for that? Like he didn't go out to a bar and spend it or on riotous living, right? Like the prodigal son that we talked about a couple weeks ago. He was afraid of his master, so he went and hid it because he knew his master was coming back. And he gave it back to his master. Why, why, did, why did he get in trouble for it? Like I read that, I'm like, that doesn't even make sense to me. But then I started to understand Whatever God has given you, here's what he wants you to do. Be faithful. He just wants you to be faithful. And and listen, don't go comparing. You know, comparing means you're saying everything's unfair. Well, that person has this and I don't have that. Well, this, that, that. And and all of us at one time or another, whether it's in resources, family stuff, personal stuff, if we were to be very honest, there's been times where most of us, I won't say all of us, most of us at one time or another have had an it's not fair conversation with God. God, it doesn't make sense. Why me? I'm faithful. I try. Why is this burden in my family's life? Why is this? Why is this? Why is this? And listen, he's trusted you with what he's trusted you. Right? I took a picture of myself this morning. I didn't take it. Not that I've never done a selfie. My daughter came in and for some weird reason, 
all five of my grandkids were in my office at the same time. And so Christina said, oh, dad, hold all the kids and we'll get a picture, right? So I've got the two baby boys that are just kind of, oh, so they were being really good. Logan, as soon as you say smile, she does this. And she doesn't look at, she don't, she don't look at the camera. Rosie's going to do whatever Logan does because R Rosie's, Rosie's idol is Logan. And Tori's just like, give me a snack and let's be done this thing, okay? So I got all the five grandkids. I sent a picture of my dad and I sent it to my mom. And I looked at it and I, I just, God, you're so good. Forgive me when I'm not saying thank you enough. And you know, there's little things in your life that God will do that will remind you of his goodness. And, and listen, when you acknowledge and when you thank and when you know you're staying connected whether you're here or celebrating somewhere with your family on vacation and I don't want you to walk out of here and go wait a second it's July 4th weekend and I was in church and I just got yelled at today that's not what happened I told you today to go on vacation I told you today to enjoy your family but I also told you today don't disconnect from God and don't disconnect from your church that's what the Lord put on my heart to tell you today. So be faithful, church. Be faithful this summer. And listen, God is going to bless you beyond. Ephesians 3.20 says, Now unto him that is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we could ask or think according to God's power that works in us. He wants to bless you. You love your kids and want to bless them. The Bible says if you love your kids and want to bless them, how much more does your Father in heaven love you? He does. Let him bless you. Let them use you and stay faithful this summer. If you agree with that, say amen. Let's pray. Today, Father, we come to you with a, a humble heart, thanking you for the goodness in our lives, thanking you even for the burdens that we have to carry sometimes, Lord, that don't even, that, that are hard, that don't make sense sometimes. But we know that you've trusted us with some things so that you could be glorified by our response, so you could be glorified by our lives so that you could be glorified by how we tell other people how good you are in our lives. Thank you for your goodness. Thank you for your love. Thank you for your grace. Thank you for your mercy. Thank you for our Lord Jesus Christ who gave himself so that we can have a relationship with him. And to be here today in this church, Lord, is such a privilege. To be able to go away once in a while is such a privilege. But what we don't want to do when we're disconnecting from work and, and some of our home responsibilities, we never want to shut off our connection to you. Thank you for folks like Betty and Carol who stayed close to you and close to the church over the past year and a half when it just wasn't possible for them to be here. For many, many, many people that were so faithful, their generosity and their faithfulness literally kept this church going when we were just a week at a time, it seemed like. You're so good. But God, your goodness... Our response to your goodness should be our faithfulness. It should be our faithfulness. And we want to tell everybody about how good you are in our lives. Help us to stay close to you, close to our church, and close to our community this summer. We love you and thank you. In Jesus' name we pray. And everybody said in agreement. Amen. Amen. Johnny.